crap. Um, I, I wasn't ready. Okay, let me think. Let's see here. I could do jokes about peeing in the pool. No, that's been overdone. Um, how about I do a bit about a floaty in the pool, and it was really just a Babe Ruth... Shit, no, that's Caddyshack. Um, man, I have no idea what to do for the intro for this episode. Uh, I've just been waiting and waiting, and no good ideas are coming to me. I mean, I feel like I'm drowning in bad ideas, and nothing seems to be working. So, sorry, everyone. I guess I'll have to take a dive on this one. Why is this so hard? Did I have a stroke? I wanted to really make a splash with this intro, but uh, I guess I'm just all wet. Swimming pool horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome everyone to the deep end known as Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm your lifeguard in St. Mike and this is episode 269 called Swimming Pool Horror. And if I'm your lifeguard, you're all going to drown. Uh, we're going to be talking about horror movies that deal with or have scenes involving swimming pools. If this is your first time listening to the show, what Attack of the Killer Podcast is, we are a horror movie podcast group of friends we get together we come up with a topic and we discuss films within that topic we're all casual here so we speak openly and freely so just want to let you know there may be spoilers if you like the show uh, let us know by showing us your support by becoming an attacker how do you do that you go to jointheattackers.com and you pick a tier that best suits you. Any support really helps the show. It really, really does. And becoming an attacker, you get all kinds of amazing perks for supporting the show. Everything from bonus episodes, exclusive video series, even shout-outs on the show, much like these attackers. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to... We got uh, Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny Podcast. We got Abe... From Brett and Tony, Abe and Ash, Rude Horror Podcast. We got Rose. Uh, we got Clayton. We got Tony Miller. We got Casey Kelderman, Andrew, Jacob. Uh, we got Abraham, Carmen, Hot Rod, Andrew, Brandy, Stefan, Godzilla, uh, Chris Cook, Jessica, Seth, Brett. Uh, Larry, Roman, Timothy, Jacob, and me. Oh, yeah, I was on there. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to shout out all our awesome attackers. Yes, thank you guys so much for being attackers Thanks, guys. and being one of us. You will not believe how much extra goodies you could get by becoming an attacker. So check it out for yourself by going to jointheattackers.com. That's right, that's jointheattackers, all one word, dot com. Well, it's, it's join the attackers is all one word, not join the attackers. It's all one word. Right. It's dot, important. Dot yeah. com. And now that you've unpaused the show so you could become an attacker, <laughs> it's time to introduce you to our lifeguard staff we call the podcast crew. He spent most of his day today hanging out at the swimming pool. Then someone told him, uh, to tuck it back in. Andy, everybody. <laughs> 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 
Hey, everybody. Andy. Thanks for listening. It's Andy, all right. He was going to take a dip w- into the swimming pool when the lifeguard shouted out, Hey, what do you have there? And he said, Hummus. Jason, everybody. It's delicious. Uh, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening. There are two reasons he doesn't let his kids into the swimming pool. One, he doesn't have a pool. And two, he doesn't have any kids. Dad. Very true. Hey, guys. Hey, how's everybody doing? Oh, so good. All right. We're going to have a great show. But first, is there not enough horror in your life? That is why you need Shudder, the streaming channel for any and all horror fans. If you're listening to the show right now, you must like horror movies, right? So then why have you not signed up for Shudder yet? Let us help you out by giving you guys a month of Shudder for free. It's our way of saying thank you all for listening. And how you do that is you just enter our promo code AOTKP and you get a full month of Shudder for free. That's right, free. So do it now. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Here doing the backstroke is Tad with What We Watched. Well, it's a historically low time at the box office, but that doesn't stop us from tuning into Shudder and Tubi. So, Andy, what have you watched? Um, I was able to watch um, quite a bit, and I would have would have able to watch more, but uh, two of the things that I watched were uh, documentaries in three parts on HBO Max. Thank you, Jason. Um, the first thing I watched was Heaven Gate, Heaven's Gate, Cult of Cults, and if you guys know anything about the Heaven's Gates uh, cult, they were the people that thought that they were going to ascend into heaven aboard a spaceship, and after the males castrated themselves, they went up in a uh, big spaceship and ascended into heaven. And the funny thing is, the more uh, this happened probably in around when I was like a junior in high school, and um. I thought it was bizarre then, but watching this more, uh, the more I learned, the more bizarre it came because this cult was around for like 20 some years. It was like, you know, it happened like in the early, uh, it, it initially started back in the early seventies and people were changing their names. All of them had like the last, um, uh, suffix of, of, of a name. So like, if their name, like this one guy's name was Sawyer, so his name was Swody. And like if a girl's name was An- Andrea, her name would be And Androdi. Everything ended with Odie. And not, you know, not like John Arbuckle's, you know, dog. It was just, it was like, it was just everybody was, the last name was Odie. I mean, it's just a really bizarre um documentary about this, the, the Heaven's Gate cult, which is still in, uh, around today and still has a website if you can believe that um another thing that i watched was uh a documentary called lady in the dale and it's about this uh this woman who in the early 70s had the idea for a three-wheel car and it turns out she was a she was a con man and she uh transitioned in in the 70s which which they say was probably one of the bravest and most brazen things she ever did 
but it turned out all to be a a, a scam and it was this uh it was during the gas crisis so she was um you know uh she was very opportunistic during that time and so that's why one of one of they say that was one of the main reasons why they bought why all these people bought into it and started giving her money and it's just this crazy story about this uh woman named Liz Carmichael i can't remember her her birth name but uh just a crazy uh documentary that's that's worth checking out um I also was able to watch Love and Monsters with the wife, as yeah, so, yeah, and yeah, I, it was it, that's 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 a lot of fun, and I re- I recommend that one. Um, as for uh, some of the DVDs that I watched, uh, been still chipping away at the Masters of Horror. I was able to pick up Dance of the Dead with Robert England and Jonathan Tucker. Did you guys ever see that one? Yeah, that one's a Toby Hooper one. Yes, yes, and uh, it's just. Kind of like a, you know, it's kind of relevant today because it's kind of, uh, it touches on like a pandemic of these, you know, these dead people and it's almost post-apocalyptic and just these, this, this sort of like um, nightclub where they inject dead people with this, uh, with this substance they get from uh, blood and they, they dance the loop and this, it's, it's a... Mm, it's interesting to, you know, I think most of it, they said it was most of it was shot in Canada, but, uh, yeah, I'm still glad that I'm, you know, adding to the masters of horror collection. So it was, okay. it was okay. I, I dug it and I got a little Toby Hooper cr- trading card in there. That, that Those are always fun. Um, lots of, uh, I got some Severn stuff and, when this came out, I knew I had to see it because I'm just weird. Um, I actually purchased a movie called The Masturbating Gunman. Of course hmm. you did. Why? Because I'm a sick, evil fuck, and I enjoy these things. Um, it's The movie, even though it's gross in some parts, it's actually pretty damn funny. Um, it's uh, about this crime lord that wants to... Uh, impregnate a, a virgin you know because he thinks that his son is going to be the second coming i mean it's a bizarre fucking movie and this masturbating gunman is just like this gun for hire but I- anytime he sees a woman you know he'll just you know instantly start beating off you know he's just like he's the masturbating gunman he must jerk before he works you know um and yeah the gunplay and just the bizarre kills in it are actually are just hilarious um it, <laughs> I don't know if it's worth owning, but it's uh, it's worth a watch. It it, it really is. Uh, even you know, even my wife, you know, because I would watch this before I went to bed, you know, and uh, my wife was just looking, was like, I what? And she was actually getting enthralled with it a little bit. It's like I can't believe we're actually watching this shit and. But yes, uh, the masturbating gunman, uh, New Zealand, uh, v- low budget film. Uh, another one that I got was, and I've always wanted to see this one because I always dug the movie Blackula, and it's a hell of a lot better than this one I'm about to tell you about. It's called Blackenstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 actually kind of fun. But, I mean, it's not a great movie, but the story behind the guy who wrote it and produced it is actually much more interesting. Um, it, it turns out he was actually murdered in his home 
and he was a he was a lawyer and a uh, he and he they believed that he might have got into some shady kind of stuff. But he wrote multiple film. He wrote multiple screenplays. I mean, they, they show him in this little, little slight documentary that they have on the uh, on the disc. And uh, he was part of the Cauliflower Alley Club, which is which deals with um, boxers and wrestlers and uh, professional wrestlers. And he was he was involved in a lot of things in you know the early nineteen seventies uh, L.A. But. Uh, the screaming, scantily clad, you know, really pretty woman on the front cover. Yeah, that doesn't. That's hardly even relevant to even the story. I think that that image is just on there to try and get this thing to sell. But yeah, but if you're gonna watch something, definitely watch Blackula. It's it's a lot better. Uh, next up, uh, uh, we got a Fulci film that I hadn't seen, and I purchased The Devil's Honey much more different than any of his other films because it's it's almost basically uh kind of like an erotic more erotic version of uh uh let's see I spit on your grave but kind of take out the the reason the reasons for revenge are much more lighter uh for instance first thing from the get go I see a saxophone played into a woman's vagina yeah that's with, within the first five. I'm not kidding. It's really bizarre shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and there's there's backstories to this one. Like the lead, um, the lead in this movie, the, this girl, uh, what, what is her name? Uh, Corinne Cleary or no, Blanc. Yeah, it's a Italian name. Blanca Marsalic. Anyway, it, apparently she was a big pain in the ass in this movie. And once the uh, producer got, got her offset and dropped her off at the airport, he was so fed up with her shit, he reared back and punched her in the damn face. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he was really pissed off at her. Uh, but um, much like the masturbating gunman, uh, this is worth a watch just because it's Fulci, and Fulci's actually acts in it. Um, but it's, it's another really bizarre sort of, I guess they would call it uh Euro trash movie sort of, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's really kind of sleazy. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely different. And the next one up, um, is a DVD that I had bought when I was down in Denver and sometimes I just go for the really obscure shit. And this is, um, you know, as if, you know, masturbating gunman is mainstream, but, um, really obscure stuff like, and this was shot on shot on video and be prepared for when I say this, I would rather watch clowner than this fucking movie that I'm about to tell you about. (laughs) The only thing that it's got going for it is its cover because the cover is fucking bitching, man, because it's got like, this masked guy and a severed hand, and he's got these garden shears, and he's going full tilt cropsy, and it just it looks cool. And the name of it is called Garden Tool Massacre. Trouble is, it's a I think it's a UK film, and it was it's a shot on video film, and it was in the 1990s, and I think part of it was shot. Then they waited five years. 
and then they shot the rest of it because like the the your traditional linear way of storytelling is completely off. I was confused as shit and I got progressively more pissed off as I watched this movie. It is fucking awful. Like I said, the only thing that it's got going for it is the cover. The cover is awesome. The movie, it's atrocious. But yeah, don't watch this movie. Avoid it at all costs. And flush it down the toilet if you see it. So that is what I watched. All right. Jason, what have you watched? Well, I needed some time to kill. And I watched one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's almost 13 hours long. It's the (laughs) Lord of the Rings trilogy. I watched through those again. Nice. It's been a while. I love them. Uh, but I did watch new uh, Jim Cummings' new movie, The Beta Test. Yeah. Finally got that thing watched. Man, it's so good. Pretty pretty uh, different from everything else he's done. Yeah, and I'm glad for that. I mean, he he is he, him, and he's neurotic and awesome. And but yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm I'll take all of it from it's him. It's weird to see him not playing a cop, right? I mean, that too, right? It's. <laughs> been a cop this whole time until now yeah i loved it it was super great i think it was on hulu yeah i think you're right and um and then last night uh we watched this movie um at a watch party called hilarious yeah and it's uh fucking awesome and picked by attacker bill fisher and it's not a real anthology i mean it is but it doesn't just doesn't have a wraparound story or anything. It's just a collection of short films, a couple that's played at Snake Alley and Halloween Palooza, even. Yeah. Like death metal. Oh yeah. Oh nice. Christmas okay. Noise. Mm-hmm. Born again, right? Born again from the Jason Tostevin guy. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Is that uh, the one um... where the late guy? Gave him the wrong book, and Ellie Church is oh, yeah. pregnant. And uh, yeah, with Ellie Church, and it's they they're trying to resurrect a satanic Satan, cult. Yeah, but it's satanic they, cult. They but... bring back Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but it was great. Uh, I just want to thank thank everyone who came to our watch party last night. It was a freaking blast, as they always are. Try to do them every few weeks, and if you. Don't know about it. All you need is a Amazon Prime account and um, some and an hour and a half, and it's just chatting along with us during the movie. It's it's a blast, and that's what I watched. All right, that leaves you, Mike. What have you watched? Well, I, mine's going to be probably quick because I haven't really watched much. I haven't had time to watch much lately, and especially not in any movies. It's been mostly shows. And when I do have free time to watch, it's either I'm watching something with Brandy or I'm watching something with Simon or I'm watching something with both of them. And each each of them has different shows we watch together. But uh, uh, Simon and I, the, the two that I'll talk about is Simon and I got through the whole second season of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, nice. so good. I love that show so nice. much. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, and that se- this season was so great. And, like, yeah. And it's cool because Simon is really, over the past couple of years, have really gotten into, like, murder mystery 
movies and stuff like that. So, and then me being always a lifelong Steve Martin fan and Martin Short, it's just it's just uh, such a great great show, and it's just it's just enough of their talent with like without being over the top in those characters like they do when they were younger and but the the stories they weave and the the mysteries that they do in the show it's just they're, they're just great and just keeps you going and then the only other thing i really you know I, you know uh we started watching harlequin so we're getting through the first season of that which is hilarious uh, what we do in the shadows keep watching that week by week but uh, the other one um, that Simon and I got done is we finally got caught up on Moon Knight. And that was I really liked it. I thought it was good. I know there's a lot of haters out there, but I thought it was, was awesome. I thought it was great. I've seen Simon, a few episodes. Yeah, I, I I like how they handled the character. I liked uh, um, that they kept true to some things because I thought they were going to go in a different direction than uh, than what the than what they do in the comics, but uh, you know they turned it back around and, and kept it, so that was really cool. And um, yeah, I just thought overall it was it was really really good. And immediately after that, Simon and I started Miss Marvel, and we kind of walked away from it. So oh, I loved it. Yeah, I know. I'm not giving up on it. Wife watched it. I th- and and uh, but I know Simon you know, has gotten kind of a bad taste in his mouth from it, from the last episode we just watched. And I just think like, you know, it's just kind of one of those episodes that now it's taken the story in a different direction. And, um, and so I think that is kind of where it lost us a little bit. I want to blame also maybe, um, a cultural separation, uh, as part of it too. So, we're going to finish watching it, but then, you know, we just got caught up on um, um, only murders in the building. So, But that's really it. That's all I've watched. I think I'm throwing the towel in on Marvel. Um, I'll see some of the movies, you know, Guardians 3 and, and any of the big, big ones, but it's just I cannot possibly go from one se- like series to the next series so I can know what's happening in a movie. It's becoming homework and a chore to me, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, it... I can stick with it just because to me it's like it, it it to me the movies and the shows and all that is like reading the comic books without having to actually read so because <laughs> because I'm getting the things that I like out of comics uh you know superheroes flashy costumes you know action and humor um and and what I like and that sounds like that you're not liking is such the connected the universe. world building yeah world building I think that was great when it wasn't obvious that Disney Plus is just pumping stuff out to keep subscribers to be honest it just feels like it's like if mm-hmm. one ends one week you have I mean come on She-Hulk or whatever oh I'm looking like, forward to that one. I I don't know, man. Like, and I'm sure it's fine, but it just feels like when I saw Doctor Strange two, I'm glad I watched WandaVision. But I'm like, if this is gonna how it's gonna be, yeah. where I have to watch all these to understand what's happening in the big tentpole movies, I just it's not gonna happen. I just don't have that kind of time. Yeah, sadly, if 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 yeah, I think the movies... it's almost as if if you miss like one one program. 
you are completely taken out of the loop. I mean, I, I think that's what the, that kind of fear that they're kind of pumping into your head. It's just like, I got to watch everything to know what the fuck's going on here I, I, and there and everywhere. I can understand that, especially with the movies. The show's not so much. They, I feel like there's still connectivity, but they still keep their storylines within their own, their own realm. And instead of being all expanded, it's it, with the shows. It's more of like, you know, nods here and there, and just recognizing that events has happened, but it ha- doesn't affect this storyline, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but I can totally understand that with the movies. But with that said, on the flip side, there are still some some Marvel movies I have never watched, um, and two of those being the first two Thor movies, and oh. I was not lost at all with Jane Foster coming back into the story in Love and Thunder. You know, I I know enough outside of, and I'm not even talking about comic book knowledge because I really don't give two rats about Thor in the comics, but, um, but I, I knew enough that Jane Foster was a character in those first two Thor movies that, uh, um, that, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was lost. I thought they handled that character well for people who, and they even give you backstory on it in in Love and Thunder. So I feel like, you know, maybe I can see your definitely your point with Doctor Strange because, especially the Scarlet Witch thing. If you did not watch Wandavision, you would probably, probably be really like, what confused. The f- yeah, like what the fuck is happening right yeah. now? Well, and this is all unprecedented too. There's never been a world continuity built this big before ever yeah in the history of film so and so it makes me excited every time easily i become overwhelming yeah but i could see it being overwhelming yeah but with that said tad what did you watch i watched a few things some unexpected um i will start with the most underwhelming i rewatched nope um at my friend Blake's house on his new, like, or not new, but he, he's got some new speakers, but we uh, watched it on his projector, and it's, like, sad that I go to his house to get a better experience in the theater now, but, um, <laughs> like, watching it there uninterrupted without, like, a people... Blake talking through the movie, bro. No, he's, he's, he's pretty good? good. Oh, good. Um, and his screen is higher quality and his sound is, he's got 9.1 Dolby Atmos. He's got it all. So it was really fantastic. And going back and watching it with the knowledge from what I watched the first time really opened up a lot of really cool little Easter eggs. It's like, oh, I see where he's setting this up here and here and here where I've, the first time I watched it, I sort of felt dumb. Like I must, I must've missed something. Um, and I hate, I, I absolutely hate when people like, you got to watch something more than once to, you know, this movie or you have to read about it. I hate that kind of stuff. You should just be able to watch a movie and enjoy it. And I did, but I enjoyed it more the second time. Um, that being said, I went and rewatched Saturday and I, I think I was, Nikki was in Puerto Rico. I was home alone. I'm like, I'm just going to throw on a, a movie that she will never want to watch again and I will never find an excuse to watch again. And I, I wanted to catch it before the next one comes out. And I put on Halloween kills again with the new extended mm-hmm. ending. Um, which is strange because I saw that in theaters last year and I was one of the few people who really liked it. Um, and again, I think it's because seeing a new Michael Myers movie in a theater is yeah. exciting. And then yeah. I watched it on Peacock when like a week later and still enjoyed it because it was still October and, 
I was like, man, people are crazy for wanting so much out of a Halloween movie. Like this is this is fine. And then I rewatched it this weekend, and I'm like, oh no, I'm starting to see why people <laughs> did not like this because some of it was just so wildly. I'm like, man, I was so blinded by my yeah the the atmosphere of being october and being excited and and everything once it like rewatching it i'm like you know i almost wish i hadn't but it's still i still i mean i still got to watch michael myers slaughter people even the worst halloween movies better than most you know other movies that's fact and with that being said i also watched the lost city which um you know I don't. I don't even know why I watched this. I think. Oh, and I know why because I was laying in bed and we don't have cable, so I uh, have like a really old smart TV in the bedroom, and it gets Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, and this is on Amazon Prime Video. This is a Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Brad Pitt action comedy. Oh yeah. I mean. It's exactly what it looks like. Maybe a little smarter than most. It looks make it. They make it look like a rom com, but it's not. It's an adventure type, you know, like uh, with a little more comedy than like I don't National Treasure that kind of thing. Has a little more. I, I love Channing Tatum. I, I think I wish he was in more. He's really funny. Uh, I don't know. It, it was fine. It's definitely a throwaway movie. I love. I'll watch everything Daniel Radcliffe is in. I'm a oh yeah huge Radcliffe. How about fan. that trailer? Oh my talk? god! I can't wait till November. Yes. I've never said that before in my adult life, but I cannot <laughs> wait till November. Yes, yes, uh, and it's everywhere. I'm so excited. I've yeah, it was funny. Like twenty times. One of my comedian friends uh, was like, uh, "One like nobody's really talking about." Uh, we're talking about the um, Weird Al, new Weird Al movie uh, trailer. No one's really talking about the fact that, you know, it's obviously all outlandish and, and made up and, yeah. and exaggerated, but the fact that, like, Radcliffe is, like, ripped and shirtless throughout the, the trailer <laughs> oh, is just man. hilarious. It's just so funny because so it's the funny. opposite of, of Weird Al, and and that's Lanky the humor. Yes, yes, that is, like, the... parody. Hu- You're right, oh, that's yeah. the humor. That's the humor of it, and, okay. and it's... And someone's and he goes if uh, and my friend who pointed this out also said you know um, for people who are saying I've been, always wanted a sexy Weird Al movie you've never watched UHF because he's you know basically saying like <laughs> even the the normal yeah. like the, uh, the real Weird Al is sexy like, I agree so, yeah so uh, yeah that that looks great Lost City uh, worth you know it's like an hour and a half it's a time killer but it was on while I worked on something. Um, uh, and then I'm going to get to the thing that I really liked: um, new A24 horror movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Ooh, how was yeah. it? I loved it. Um, of course. Yeah, and it's it, I I am very curious about this one. I think it's a lot like most A24 movies. Um, half the crowd is like, "This is complete trash and sucks," and the other half is like, "It's genius." Um, I've never played the game Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Have you guys? Yeah. No. No. It's like a party game, basically, where... I definitely know. It's... Well, it's it's really... Let's see if I can even explain it. It's very simple. Like, they, they cut up a bunch of pieces of paper. One has an X on it. Everybody draws a sheet. Um, they turn off the lights and you, you go around the house. The person with the X on their, on their paper does not tell anyone they have it and they're the killer. And they have to pretend to kill someone, and that person has to like lay 
where they were killed until the not killer finds them and yells bodies, bodies, bodies. The lights come up and you try to guess who the killer is. Um, this, this movie's a blast because it's a group of Xennials, which I think is where you'll lose a lot of people. It's like a bunch of like college-age kids that get together for a party during a hurricane at a rich person's house. So these are all spoiled 20-something-year-old college students who are, are popping pills, snorting shit, smoking shit, drinking. Um, there's a hurricane coming, so they all shack up in, in Pete Davidson's dad's house. He's, he's sort of the <laughs> star um, but it shot is, it, I mean, it, people might hate it because they find these characters annoying, but that's what the movie is about is like, it puts a mirror up to these people. And there's a really hilarious long dialogue where they use just about every, uh, modern trope and word that you see on social media, like triggered and gaslighting. And it, it's, it's just a fantastic monologue where these characters are all screaming at each other, but it is a very, very, very clever movie that I was completely fooled by at the end that the, the, uh, the ending completely surprised me. I'm not going to say anything else about the movie, but basically think about it's, I mean, I told you what the game bodies, bodies, bodies is. These kids are playing this in a huge house and the game starts to become more real than a game. And, you know, they're starting to die off one by one and it's, it's a blast um, don't let, if you're not a, a Pete Davidson fan, I am unapologetically, Definitely. I think he's hilarious, but if you don't like him, um, that should not f- stop you from watching this. There's and it, other than him, it's a bunch of like unknown young actors, uh, just a really fun, cool, fresh, new horror movie. And again, it, it is not really a 24 style either. It's not like shot artsy and it's not it has a really cool soundtrack i don't know it has um, a new score by disaster piece which is fucking awesome yeah um so i recommend bodies 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 check it out i'm sure it'll be hitting streaming soon because i don't think it's sticking in theaters very long um but yeah i I was was just gonna ask that i was wondering where you saw it yeah i saw it in theaters i was surprised that we were the only people in the theaters was me nikki and then we ran into tony uh shout out tony miller and he sat with us and we had we all three had a blast watching this one. Um, we were sort of like laughing and and yelling at the right parts because we had the theater to ourselves, and it it got a good reaction out of us three. And we all left the theater pumped for it. So uh, three shining reviews from people that you may trust their taste. So check it out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. All right. Okay, everybody, get your phones ready. Uh, for the position which lies at the front of the starting grid. See, I know like stuff about sports and cars and whatnot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so here's Jason with pole position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. All right, let's take a quick look back a couple episodes ago and. Uh, Pole position for episode 267. The question, who is the best bro in any horror movie? Do you remember your answers? I'll tell you. Insane Mike, he picked Brad from Night of the Creeps and Chad from Tucker and Dale. Jason picked Glenn, Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street, and Kurt from Cabin in the Woods. Tad picked Ed, Shaun of the Dead, and Zeke from The Faculty. And Andy picked Stu from Scream and David from The Lost Boys. 
Guys, these results, uh, I don't even, I don't even know. Tad's last place, 9.1%. Oh. That's never happened before. Yeah, I forgot to log in and vote for myself. Oh, that must be it. That's got to be my, it. All of my Twitter accounts. <laughs> and we got a tie for second and third. Um, so I guess I'll just, again, I'll read the winner. But it's so weird because it's something else that never happens. Insane Mike. Yeah, yeah. He finally logged into his Twitter. This is what happened. That's right, I did. So, yeah. Uh, me and Andy got 27.3%, mm-hmm. and Insane Mike got 36% of the votes. Wow. Sore winner. <laughs> that was terrible. Come on. I deserve it. That's true. Maybe you deserve something. <laughs> well, let's get into this week's poll position. The question is, what is the best water death in a horror movie? Same rules as ever. Snake draft, two rounds. Go to the random sequence generator and beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Oh, typical. Let me change this here. Um, we got uh, Tad with the first. Yes. We got Mike with the second. Okay. We got Jason with the third pick and Andy on the turn. With the so it's reflecting five. what place we're all going to come in. Come at, on. At <laughs> Um, okay, so Ted, start us off. What's the 101? Man, there's one that's like really obvious that I think I would <laughs> pick, but I'm going to take one that I bet I'm thinking nobody else would really take, but I really... Well, then you should save it for the end, right? No, it's my favorite. Um, I'm going with the School Bus Massacre from Trick or Treat. Nice. Oh. That's a really good okay. one. Yeah, to me, that is such a... That's my favorite part of that movie, and that story is so fucking creepy, and the kids coming out later from the water is so fucking creepy. Uh, just a really one of my favorite films, one of my favorite scenes. It's done masterfully. So, yeah, the school school bus massacre from Trick or Treat. That's good. I'm, this is making me glad I'm not having the front of the draft, so I have to narrow down all these awesome picks so good luck mike you're up next yeah i know pick number I, two mike was worried how do that, you pick well i'm gonna go with my knee-jerk very first reaction the first oh. thing i thought of and that is um because it was the scene when i was a kid when i first saw it yep. like terrified me and made me not want to ever go in the water um and that is uh the in creep show when ted Danson is, yep. is oh, um, yeah is buried and the tide comes in. Something to tide you over. That's on my yep. list too. Fantastic yeah. one. I had that. I had that one. Damn it. Oh. Yeah. So that one's mine. I didn't have that one. Well, shoot. Gosh dang. What do I do? There's so many good ones. I'm gonna play the game and not pick my favorite because I don't think you turds will pick it. So now you will. Pick the one to vote for. I know what I bet I know what you're going uh, for. Oh, there's two from this movie that are super yep. iconic. Yep. <laughs> it's from uh it's I'm gonna go with the opening girl of Jaws. I knew it. I, I mean knew I it. had to. You have to. That is easy. What a, right I just there. rewatched the movie not too long ago and fuck it's so good. That whole scene. In four K it's In like four, oh. yeah. We have had Literally thousands of shark movies since the original Jaws, and nothing, nothing is as impactful as that opening scene. Nothing. From just 
seeing her get the, thrashed around. Just the idea of like, you know, she's getting just drug around the water. That first little, huh? Yeah. And then drug around in a way that we've never seen before, just still sticking out of the water and moving yeah. around. And then the way it ends is just, it's just this scary, just silence. I mean, for that, Ooh. oh, yeah, that And then down under, and you're just like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah. But, dude, like, that had to have been, like, for that actress, terrifying oh. filming it. Like, yeah. being thrashed around the water like that, oh, you know? Yeah. Even if you're not being eaten alive by a shark, just... Just being thrashed around like that had to, cause I don't know how they filmed it, but you know, had there had to be something dragging her along because you can't naturally do that. Nope. All right, Andrew, you're up next with the next two picks, four and five. What's your uh, okay. favorite? What are the best and it's, water deaths? And it's water deaths. Okay. You know, um, what, kind, what kind of weird shit is Andy yeah, going to pick that no one will vote for? Well, this is just my personal. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Um, but I'm going to go with one of my favorite is the bayonet slash across the woman's throat and prowler when she's yeah. in the pool. Oh, yeah. Prowler. Great one. Yeah. Because um, the, the water just like just floods red. It's, it's, it's awesome. And um, my second favorite one would probably have to be the nurse in Halloween 2 where she just gets oh, boiled yeah. alive. Oh, yeah. Didn't even think of that. That's a great oh, one. That is a great yeah. one. Yeah. That nobody's going to vote for. I mean, <laughs> they, won't, they won't, but... Oh, probably not. Won. I mean, I'd vote for that one because I Me remember too. the first time I ever saw that oh, movie man. and that scene. I mean, scene. you'd never forget those titties. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's... Amazing Grace, sit on my face. I mean, <laughs> yes. But that's just a double whammy. Not only is she being drowned, but she's like being boiled. Boiled. Oh, yep. God. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I went the slasher route on this one. So. That's good. That's good. Great Two good one. picks. Sorry, we're going to have to beat you. Uh, so my next pick is the one that absolutely first thought my go-to 100% every time when I think of water shit. It is the most terrifying and scariest thing to me of all time. I even uh, pulled up the clip and, and was watching the scene, and I couldn't fucking finish it. It was so terrifying. Oh, wow. I'm on edge. It's when Lindsay drowns in the abyss. Oh, oh okay. okay. Dude, she's like, it's him and Ed. What's it? O'Neill. No. Uh, uh, um, anyway. Oh no, not that's Al Bundy. Sorry. Yes, Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. <laughs> yes. And they're and they're both in the waters rising, and she's like, uh, "You have to let me drown, and you have to take the one helmet, and and carry me to safety. You have to let me die, and the water's so cold that you can probably you might be able to bring me back, and just there, and it just oh my god, it was so fucking tense, and I love it. It's it's one of my favorite movies, and. And that scene is just awful. <laughs> what? The abyss. All right. Uh, Insane Mike, pick seven. Okay. This may be a little bit more of an obscure one, but it definitely taps into another childhood phobia. Uh, you know, and you know, talking about swimming like we did on the bonus episode. But uh, the scene in Final Destination 5 where the guy gets his innard sucked out through his asshole because he's stuck on the bottom of the drain yeah. of the pool. Yeah. You know, and that's also a double whammy. He's like drowning, but he's also getting his oh. innards sucked out oh, through his butthole, which was like always a childhood fear because like, like you would always have, legend. your parents would tell you, he's like, <laughs> yep. you stay away from the drain. You're going to get stuck, you know. <laughs> so, 
yeah. again, that's, I mean, another reason 375,000 not to get in a fucking pool. We don't, <laughs> you know. Urban Legends. Yeah. All right, Ted. Did I say Urban Legends? I did. No, just, I said that's an, is ur- an, that is, is an Urban, urban Legends. Okay, I want to make sure. It's Final Destination 5. Final Destination yeah. 5. Ted, finish us off. Pick eight. I have so four many. more that haven't been mentioned, I but know. I'm like, do I go for the votes or go for what i'm gonna take a cue from andy and just pick one i like mm-hmm. and this one might i don't see this is a this is one i think is is an awesome scene but it's not necessarily do you guys count does it have to be the death on the water or is it i wouldn't think so I mean, i'm just gonna go with this involved. and if Okay, I will we do this one. Yeah, do. I was gonna say if you if you say no and this doesn't count, I will move on to one of my next picks. So this scene sticks in my head like a fever dream, like a nightmare. Um, the scene from underwater in a car from Night of the Hunter, uh, oh. when the woman is killed and she's she's thrown into the water and she's in the car and we go by and her hair is like floating up. And you just sort of see this, you know, mm-hmm. the look of her. That is, to me, just terrifying no, and yeah, beautiful. I, I, and beautiful, too. But yeah. I'll let you have that for sure. Night of the Hunter. What a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. One of the few times I'm glad Mike picked something good for the show. It's <laughs> the Robert Mitchum flick, right? Yeah. 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 Well, any honorable mentions? Yes, a million. I'm I mean, gonna, Qu- Quint, I thought you were going to go with... That was what I wrote down first, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. but then that opening s- scene might be more impactful. I don't know. There's uh, one no, in, the, in one of the movies where uh, that I almost picked was the swimming pool scene. It let the right one in. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Swimming pool scenes I had down the Stranger's Pray at Night. Yeah. That yep. fucking scene was... Yeah, that was on my list. The, the, Cron- the Cronenberg movie, um, Shivers. Shivers? Yeah. Was on my list. Yeah, but is, I mean, I couldn't remember it's if there was any actual death. kills in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's worth dying for, right? What about uh, T.J. Miller in Underwater when he gets? I still haven't seen that. Oh, fuck, yeah. Mike? That's that's actually a really good movie. I was so really good. surprised. I was gonna say, well, it technically it's not a death, but it was still pretty bitching. Is when that outboard motor hits Jason Voorhees in the face, and yeah. that? <laughs> uh, a part Friday, eight, and party six. Oh, six. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I had Friday four because anytime I can include, um, uh, I'm blanking on her name now. My favorite, uh, Aronson, uh, Judy, Judy, yeah. Julie, yeah, Aronson. Yep, yeah. getting stabbed through the in the through the raft in Friday four. Yeah. While she's getting hypothermia in real life. <laughs> yep. I had the uh, opening scene of Carnival Souls, which is technically not a death because she comes back and she doesn't sure. know how she survived. But the car going off the bridge in a low-budget movie is like an actual fucking car <laughs> driving off a bridge. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So anytime to me, like drowning in a car is scary. But I, I that movie, this that scene and then the the people coming out of the water later in that movie and again just like a classic black and white creep like oh it gives me the shivers i love it one on ken free go ahead ken free getting chainsawed in the head and then mysteriously coming back at the end of texas Three. <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited to watch this one on a drive-in screen in a in october 1st uh the kid in the pool and alligator yeah oh yeah okay fucking kid yeah. gets chomped Love alligator. Yep. And then the one I really almost picked 
almost picked was the the little girl in Frankenstein. Oh, sure, yeah. She gets tossed in and yeah, eats when he gets the girl. Yeah, that's a good one. I had a couple more. I really had a struggled with this one. I was like, not. I mean, I was trying to think of ones up to like while we were doing what we watched. You know? <laughs> so um, I just blanked for the most part. But so I put down um, uh, the kid jumping off the roof, and all the boys love Mandy Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The opening scene from Piranha, which is kind mm-hmm. of almost a parody of the opening scene in Jaws, but that was another one that I caught the beginning of that movie as a child, like on TV, and it freaked me the hell out. Just going into the, to this like dark water that you don't know what's in there, these two kids, and then you know just getting sucked under by something and that noise. Which I love, but uh, so that you know that one always ma- you know scarred me as a child. So I've had that on there, and so I figured like all my good ones would have gotten taken. So out of spite, I was I I, I put Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, where Joey gets <laughs> gets trapped inside of his waterbed. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that counts. It does, but that was that was like a jokey one. Uh, and spite all of all the good ones getting taken. All the uh, teenagers at the pool party where Freddy comes out in real life. Part, part two. two. Yeah, jumps, yeah. yeah, jumps out of a manhole or whatever. Is it the Piranha remake or the remake 3D where that's just a blood bath? The first one. The first one where it's just... Definitely, I would say both, but definitely more of the yeah. first one. Yeah. Holy moly. Because there were so many more people. So, yeah. And you, sp- yeah, I swear, like... 30 minutes of that first one is spent just showing the mayhem and massacre. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That would have been Even, a good one, too, like uh, Eli Roth's death. Yeah. In that, which wasn't by Piranha, which was the best part. <laughs> or the girl where the two guys are carrying her, um, one's carrying her by the by the arms, the other's carrying her by the legs out of the water, and then she just breaks in half. Oh, so Which good. is so yeah. awesome. I feel like it, uh, since I just I always just want to mention Carpenter anyway, uh, even though it happened off screen, the fisherman's deaths in the fog. Yeah, I was looking at those. I'm like, I don't. I mean, when they find them and they're like, you know, they've been drowned. Oh. Like they have water in their yeah lungs. Yeah, buck, buck flower. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, everybody, get over to Twitter. Get your votes in for who you think picked the best water deaths from a horror movie and. That is Pole Position. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome, Mike. It's time to talk about the movies for this evening. Yeah, getting into some swimming pool stuff. Uh, Let's start off with Tad. What's our first movie tonight? Our first movie is Pool Party Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Gross. Do you think you could take your grandpa with you? Blair Winthorpe and her friends don't know it yet, but they are about to have the worst pool party ever. Where'd you go now, pervert? What's her problem? Sugar daddy issues. Speak for yourself, bitch. You will never forget the first time that somebody gives you a dirty sandwich. Go fuck yourselves. Anybody know how to make a mojito? I'm not even Italian. Your logic blows my mind sometimes. 
the perfect party horror movie. A bloody good time throughout. Everything I hoped for. An enjoyable romp. Dude, cash talks for the pizza walks, bro. Worst pool party ever! Pool Party Massacre. All right, Pool Party Massacre, written and directed by uh, my buddy Drew Marvick. What started out as a relaxing summer day by the pool for a group of high-maintenance young socialites quickly becomes a nightmare when an unknown killer begins stalking and murdering them one by one. This is about as simple as they get, a fun throwback to 80 slashers. I'm probably biased because I love Drew and uh, love everything he does. He's, he's such a positive dude in the horror community. And uh, I know he did this with, like, no budget and threw together all of the friends and resources he had. Uh, we played this at the Capitol, so I got to see it on the big screen with an audience. And uh, I, I really enjoy this one. I know it's not a, uh, a high art film, and it drags at times, but it is a lot of fun. You can see its influences right on its sleeve. Uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Well, and there I, you go. <laughs> I, the crickets. I love uh, I love the poster. It's awesome. I love the opening credits. It goes does that, it like go to eight bit like you Yeah, it. I love that. I love that. that I wasn't really crazy awesome. about the music with it, but uh Um I fucking really did love the mustache guy a lot. <laughs> I thought he was hilarious. The guy that comes to the party that everyone all the girls hate. Mm. The annoying oh, pervy so guy. So annoying. God, yeah, I loved him. Yeah. I loved him. Um, yeah, there's boobs and blood, and it was fun. I regret going first. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is. I mean, it's like Tad said. It's it's a it's a throwback. It's kind of this little. Yeah. Um, it's this low budget, you know, Valentine to eighty slasher movies, and. Um, I love the fact that the killer has, you know, Francis's outfit from Pee Wee's Big Adventure on. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where my mind went. I was just like, God, where have I seen that? It's just like, you'll be sorry, Pee Wee Herman. And I'm just like, yes, it's fucking Francis. Um, There's a swimming pool scene. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it's... It, it kind of reminded me, and I was just thinking, it kind of reminded me of Tiger King. There's like not one single <laughs> likable, there's not yeah. one single likable fucking person in this movie, except for maybe the friend. And that's, that's usually supposed to be, that's, that's supposed to be the case. So like, um, yeah, it's, it's these horrible people that are led up to slaughter, slaughter, which is kind of, you know, it's really a good payoff because these people just, you, you just want, you just want to see him hacked to pieces. Maybe not necessarily the crazy tea lady, but um, um, the the kills were good. And for what he had to work with, I think he did a really good job. Um, some of the acting, not the greatest, but you know, um, he like I said, he 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 did the best he could with what the the resources he had. Um, 
I, I, I had fun with it, you know, and I knew, you know, when you're going into a movie called Pool Party Massacre and you see like these, you know, super ditzy, you know, characters, you, you just, you know, not to take it too seriously because the movie itself doesn't take itself too seriously. So if you just have fun with it and not try to, yeah. if you take it for what it is, you'll, you'll have fun and you'll enjoy it. And, and I liked it. It's, it's, it's a good time. For me, it was it was okay. Um, to be honest, I probably should have watched it last because I feel like I've forgotten everything about the movie. So that's that's kind of a bummer about it. Like it's just there isn't much that really stands out. It's not very memorable. You know, it's billed as a as a horror comedy, where I I feel like it doesn't doesn't do enough in the comedy realm. Like it tries. But it comes off more of like trying to be more of a legitimate horror movie that has comedic bits in it. I think it needed to lean more into the comedy um, than than it does, and you know, especially with things like you know, playing into the humor of the fact of like all the. It's not a giant pool party. There's not a lot of people there. <laughs> so at what point would you become suspicious that nobody keeps nobody has come back out of the house to join back to the pool party? And I think that could have led to some hilarious moments of of the total naivete of everybody's disappearing and no one's the wiser. But then again, like, you know, with the reveal at the end, it makes sense why, you know, there isn't a lot of suspicion. But, um, yeah, I'll, t- I'll say this. Uh, I think it was very, very well made for the for the budget and the uh the type of movie that it is like yeah. i was impressed because i you know i've seen tons of movies on at this caliber on this level that is that that looks super amateurish and this i felt like it was very decent very decently shot and um the quality of of the film looked really good um it definitely has some production value with that with mm-hmm. that swimming pool and the nice house and everything um, so I felt like there was some quality and the, a lot of quality in the filmmaking aspect and just needed more on the, the story and the, uh, and the direction of where the direction of the type of movie it should be. Cause I feel like it, it wants to be a comedy, but there's not enough comedy there to take it funny. And it's definitely... You know, feels like it feels like a lot of times that it's trying to be a legitimate horror movie, but is, you know, goof, but too goofy to be taken seriously as a legitimate horror movie. So it just it just doesn't it just feels like watching it. It doesn't the movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, you know, some of the kills were were fun. Uh, um, you know, but I like you know. Not my favorite. I probably I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I didn't hate it. Um, I weren't no. wasn't all pissed off by the end. Um, you know, I thought there was some aspects. I can't tell you what they were because I kind of forgot most of the movie again. But uh, yes. there were some aspects I remember at the time enjoying enough to where I want to see m- more from this guy. I would like to check out more of his stuff. So, um, but yeah, Definitely. just wasn't totally my bag. Did you have any more to add, Jason? I felt like you did. Oh. Uh, you were just 
holding back as you were going first. No, I just thought, yeah, the kills were cool. Uh, you know, a lot of good blood. Uh, the hammer part up through the chin. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was, like, that, that was, was really good. good. Yeah. That, that was, was really awesome. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and boobs. So I, I like that. I was going to say, he's, he's got, he, he made good casting choices based on looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that lead girl was great. I mean, she's a bitch, but like, I can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry, I don't mean that. But I mean, her character was one. a bitch. Yeah, yeah. she yeah, played. Well, yeah. yeah, she's. Well, and that's what she was going for. But she, I really thought she was a pretty good actress, actually. But. She gives good bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, it was good, and uh, we watched it on Tubi. I watched my signed Blu-ray copy. Nice. Cool. cool. I want one, even though I probably won't get one now. In your your smoking jacket with your fancy pipe. Actually, no, I actually have a Pool Party Massacre hat and t-shirt also. Oh, that's awesome. The the shirt is genius. It uses a beach ball and it's a parody of the uh, Halloween logo. Oh, Uh, cool. I'll have to send you guys. It's (laughs) pretty pretty damn funny. and. And uh, Drew's still out, like, hawking this thing at every convention he can get to. He brings, like, the prop head with the ball gag in the mouth and sells his uh, Blu-rays yeah. at his table and stuff. And he's, he's a that... – if, if you don't follow him on social media, he's a blast. He is such a funny, fun, positive uh, beacon of light in the horror community. Cool. I'd yeah. love to meet he him. He seems like a neat guy. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome, yeah. He's a big sweetheart. Yeah, sweet. Um, Tad, what – so, you know, since you're – Friends, friends with this guy, with yeah. What what uh, insight can you give us about this movie? What trivia do you have? Well, uh, there's not a whole lot on IMDb about this, but um, despite its warm summer appearance, the majority of Pool Party Massacre was shot in the winter with principal photography ah. beginning on Black Friday 2015. Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and was filmed over the course of a six-month shooting schedule. Um, there were days that dropped below freezing in the first few months and over 100 degrees in the last month. So oh, I believe, I might be wrong, um, but I believe Drew might have shot this at his house at the time. He doesn't live there anymore, but um, I think he shot this and most of his family's in this movie too. And he's, like I said, just sort of pulled friends and you know people he knew into this movie. So it's it's really just a labor of love from him. And he, he's done some shorts and he does a lot of acting and and uh fun makeup and stuff for for other indie horror stuff and uh cool yeah he, he reminds me like when i first found him i'm like oh this he's like the like just he would fit into the prescribed film family like he he's I would feel DIY. Like i got that feeling from watching yeah. the movie and then i did read kindred on spirit him a bit. yeah 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 he would like he would fit right in on on this podcast with us and i think uh uh, Marcus Rude has had him on on the Rude Horror Cast, so uh, awesome. go listen to that episode. I'm sure they talk a lot about this movie, uh, and that's on the PFPN too. Fantastic, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Okay, Jason, what's um, what's our next movie we're going to talk about? Our next film is from 2008, and it is called Let the Right One In.
Är du vampyr? Hade du tyckt om mig ändå? The film tells the story of a bullied 12-year-old boy who develops a friendship with a strange child in Blackenburg, a suburb of Stockholm in the early 1980s. Uh, this is from Sweden, um, so I'm not going to pronounce anybody's names. Um, so it was made by people, and there are people starring in it. I'll do it, fine. Good luck, because you're so good at that. And... Um, so my history with this film is that it's my first time watch. Yes. This is your first time watch? Because I Might saw well. let, I saw let, let me, me in, in first. Oh. And I I've said it a lot, you know, so I don't I don't mean it like this, but I, I don't I don't know if I can even describe how impactful and mind-blowing and amazing it was just when I watched Let Me In. It was a big fucking deal, and I love it so much. And so, like, I had no problem with this movie. Obviously, everyone's like, oh, you got to watch that. And I'm like, yeah, probably, but, like, I don't need to. I never wanted to. I didn't felt feel like I needed to go watch it because I – it wasn't ever going to be the same. You know, I, I, I could imagine that if I saw this in 2008, that what happened to me with Let Me In could have easily – happened with this one because i get it um and i'm not saying they're the same movie and there's definitely differences that are awesome in this but like yeah i just never went back to watch this one because i loved let me in so much so having said that anything i do say it's nothing to do with this movie being compared really but like it was it was Fucking awesome. I, I wished I could have seen it first, maybe. I don't know about that, but like um I I loved it. It was still great. Um I loved everything about it. I loved all the similarities, I liked all the differences. Uh, it it kind of became more about that for me, just seeing how it was going to be different and the scenes that were a little different, but um yeah, as you heard in the trailer, that score is amazing and um, the story is amazing, and and yeah, I, I I'm so happy for everyone who did get to see this one first too, and how it blew your minds. But yeah, so it was a first time watch for me. Well, it it was a first time watch for me too, and Whoa. seen it before the uh, before the remake because I have still haven't watched that one yet either. Come on, so. Mike. I know, and I want to now. I'm. Kind of excited to watch it, but it's just never—it's never been one I've checked off the list for different reasons. Um, but it is freaking awesome. Yeah, I was just worried that it was just going to be just so—it was going to be slow and you know, no levity, just just all gloom and dark and drab. 
And it is, but um, <laughs> but it it's compelling enough that yeah, you know exactly. that it wasn't a hinder. It was a it was a good thing. So um, so yeah, I definitely loved it. Yes, uh, the whole, you know the whole time I'm watching it, and I'm like, why is this a swimming pool horror movie? But then I get it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I get it hard. That's a an amazing scene. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know. Just everything was great. Um, you know, it, was, it still felt good. I mean, I feel like I still have a great ability to lose myself in a, in a movie after all these years and making my own movies and stuff, that I can still lose myself into a movie. Because it's been how long since this movie came out? And, and you know, I going into it knowing, you know, that the little girl is a vampire and... She's been a vampire for a long ass time and she's got this guy with her and, you know, and, but I could still sit there and be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm making these revelations and connections to things that I kind of sort of already knew, but just in the moment and in the environment, it was, it was great, you know, realizing who the guy is that is helping her. Right. And I don't time. want, I don't think we should spoil that. I'm not for going anyone, to, no, don't but, worry. But I'm when you realize that man that's so such a big deal yeah yeah so yeah loved it it was great this is my i don't know how many (laughs) times i've seen this um i have the biggest fucking boner for this movie i saw it when it first came out like blind watched it and then Mm. continued my life's journey of telling every person i (laughs) could that would listen to me to immediately go see this and i protested when they were remaking it and then i saw it and i really love uh let me in also um i am sort of you know i I, the idea of just remaking a movie because it's not an english shot for shot is sort of a weird concept but it's it's but they I watched that in theaters and I'm like, God damn, this is beautiful too in its yeah. own way. And they changed subtle little things. This will, and again, like Jason sort of mentioned, seeing let me in first, uh, you know, it really, it, it probably changes your perception. Like I saw this first, so I like this more myself. I think, uh, the two leads are something about their, uh, like their Swedishness, I guess the, the way they, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like his fucking weird haircut and his awkwardness and and her look and something about them, like Eli and Oscars. Uh, I don't know. Something about it feels more weird and and creepy to me. I mean, and they did a great job of sort of still keeping that eeriness and and let me in. It's and we're not here to compare the two, but um, I just I don't know, man. Rewatching this. Uh, I have a big Tyler Stout print of this movie because I love it. And uh, it's just the coolest vampire movie of the last 20 years. It's just fucking rad and beautiful. And this was A24 before A24 existed. Yep, I was uh, going to say that too. Just gorgeous cinematography, gorgeous score, great performances. Uh, just knocks it out of the park. I don't have any uh, a bad word to say about this movie. Thank you for letting me watch it again, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. This is a first time watch for me as well. Wow! Um, awesome. I had, I had heard about I had heard about this, and I I had heard lots of good things. Um, wow! Uh, this is a 
really good fucking movie. Uh, yes. I, I really, really, really enjoyed this just to, um, and, and, and I think with the snow and the ambiance and just, um, there's only like a certain places that they're, that they're shooting. It almost seems like they're, it's, they're like, they're living in a commune. At least that's how I felt. It was just like, it's so, it almost it's feels very stark, like, like the thing. Yeah. It's it's yeah. very it's very tight knit and it's just like I mean I guess that you know created this sort of sense of intimacy with like all these people you know it's just yeah. like I mean it it helped me get invested really easy and just oh my gosh you know just and the stuff that they did like in particular you know with inviting the, you know the vampire into the home i mean they they always yeah, talked about yeah. that but they never really like did anything happen. with yeah. it what, you never you never see what the consequences the, the consequences it, for exactly. not getting and, invited in and i love yeah i love and for her to do it for him Oh my god, god damn it i wanted yeah. to get up and cheer i was just like god damn they finally did something with that with with that part of the mythos and i'm just like god damn it that's good <laughs> and uh, just some of the scenes with um, her, the, the caretaker guy, where when he par- pours the halothane on himself, and you finally see him, and he's got that whole fucking Jonah Hex look to the oh, side of his yeah. face. That's cool. And he, you know, he pulls out his. Uh, I, I I can't remember. Did she pull it out or did he? I think he might have. When he pulls out that um, breathing tube. I th- and well. I think, I think he I thought, did. It. I think he did. I don't remember. Yeah, and yeah, he fall. He, he falls out. I mean, there's just re- there's a lot of. I mean, the brutality isn't like really in your face, but when it, I guess when it happens, it's so in in between. It makes it more shocking and it makes it more effective to me, you know, because it's not just all out mayhem all the time. You know, once you 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 get a little desensitized that in in some films, but when they when they separate these things out, it just seems more effective to me. Like when he falls out of the uh, the hospital window and hits like that. Oh uh, god, the thud. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. And when that woman has the the orderly. Uh, open up the, oh. the curtains and she just bursts into flames that that burn and it lasted a lot longer than i it thought hits it hits the was ceiling yeah oh yeah it's, it's, not, just, it's not just it's a combust <laughs> yeah it's like how the fuck did they film God. this i know i that w- i would have been a nervous wreck that day on set i'm like and we're I'm, all gonna die today <laughs> yeah and i'm watching these and it's just like good lord this is so good and it's just this and the fact that at the same time, it's this this really, um, it's a very very different coming of age story of a little yeah. boy, yeah. and it's and it combined with a vampire film, and I'm just I'm watching this, I'm just like, holy shit, this is really good. And then we we get to our pool scene, of course, which you know those little feet dragging across the water. So and- cool, right? So <laughs> inventive to shoot it from that perspective. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and the one thing that I really liked, and they they and it and it was really uh, just it was just kind of in the background. The the one friend of of the bullies that just really did not want to take part in this. You know, even when he was swatting him with that stick, he's crying. And he's just like, he doesn't want to be this kind of person. 
I love the fact that the van, uh, Ellie spared him because yeah. he was just sitting on the bleachers crying. You know, he just didn't want to, you know, be, and that speaks a lot to what's, you know, it's relevant, you know, back then in the early A's and it's relevant today. It's just like, there's a lot of kids out there that just participate in this kind of thing because they don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Yeah. And, I just thought, you know, that that little subtle thing where she didn't put she didn't touch him because, you know, she she had the wherewithal to, you know, I mean, of course it happens off screen, but to know that he's really not a bad person and yeah, this this goddamn movie is really really good and I'm almost nervous, you know, I mean, you guys are you guys are talking up the uh the remake, the the americanized version of it. Um, I, I'm not so sure if I want, I don't want to, I'm not so sure if I want to watch it now. Um, the casting is so good in the remake though. Yeah. Hit girl. I can never say her name. Chloe Moretz. Yep. Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, oh, she's the boy and the handler. Oh, fucking Oscar people. I, um, I kind of just had this thought while sitting here because I, you know, watching, Watching this one, I get it. I get the I get the environment, but I personally can't relate to it. So I wonder if it's not always necessarily people. We make the we do remakes of foreign films because Americans don't want to read subtitles. I think it's like we want to remake this film so our audiences have a better connect connection to the film. You know, because I mean, there's things that go on this move that go on in this movie. The environment itself isn't a hundred percent relatable. I mean, I get it, and it makes sense, and I understand that it that this is this is their life. But I personally haven't experienced that, so there is a little bit of disconnect. Not that it take out, took away anything from the movie. I guess I'm just you never had oddly like a, standing up for remakes. You, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's weird <laughs> I don't know it's weird too because I remember when it came out and I watched it and I you know like I said was sort of protesting its existence but saw it opening night and it's almost shot for shot it's it's directed by Matt Reeves it's uh, mm-hmm. you know almost exactly like I said shot for shot it has the same beautiful similar beautiful cinematography it's a gorgeous film uh, and very it has all those you know, blues and the snow and the dark reds for the blood and all that. But, um, it's weird because I was like almost relieved when in reality I should, you know, you, you would think like, Oh, it's a shot for shot remake completely pointless. I hate that. Why didn't they change yeah. anything? But it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, how do you improve on a perfect film? You don't, you just remake it with a new cast and, you know, try to make small little changes that you would like. But, uh, you know, they, they're both their own. I don't know. It's, but it doesn't follow like the psycho 1998 pattern, you know? I mean, that was a shot for shot, but this, this, this other one's actually a pretty good movie. You guys say, so what's this teaser on Showtime about 2002? Yeah. Yeah. It's been in development for like 10 years since. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's, I don't think it's going to get off the ground, but yeah. Whew, what a good movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Unanimous on this one. I think it's on Shudder and Hulu and Buy the Blu ray. You should. It's mm-hmm. I might. Classic. 
I think I might too. Uh, Tad, well, since you have the Blu-ray, what kind of insight can you give us about this movie? There's some cool little factoids about this one. Uh, one thing we didn't really touch on is sound design. Uh, mm. Several tricks were used to create the right sound effects for some of the gorier scenes. Um, biting into sausages was used to replicate biting into skin and flesh. Um, drinking yogurt was used to sound like drinking blood. Oh. And the sound, oh. of the, the sound of the children blinking was made by the skin of two grapes rubbing together in a blinking motion. Uh, the Whoa. word vampire is only said once in the film. And uh, the last thing I had was uh, almost every scene in the movie contains um, a subtle bit of the color red or uh, red and orange, which we assume is sort of a reference to the color of blood because the movie is very cool in its color palette. Um, yeah. Greens, blues, it has a, a definite choice, but you see very subtle reds and oranges throughout and sort of uh, cool little... Easter eggs. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So moving on to um, our next movie. Uh, Andy, what do you got? Our next movie comes to us from 2012, and it is Piranha 3 Double D. Let's party! In the world's wildest water park, the party has never been hotter. Place our old life cards with strippers. Water certified strippers. And the guests have never been hungrier. Mommy, I got bit. It was a prince. It was not a piranha. We think they're back. These piranha spent eons in underground lakes, rivers. So fish can become confused and try to enter man-made drainage systems. Is that you? Ow! I didn't. Whatever it is, I don't like it. Ladies and gentlemen, the most famous lifeguard of all time. Let's all get wet and wild! There's something in the water! <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe. People are dying. Do something. To put your 3D glasses back on. First of all, I'm not a lifeguard. Never was. Secondly, that is what natural selection is all about. It's double the action. Something's wrong with me. What did you do with Double the terror. And double the D's. Bring me my legs. Piranha 3 Double D. Only a year after the endless carnage at Lake Victoria, Arizona in Piranha 3D... <coughs> Excuse me. The marine biology student Maddie is shocked to discover that her greedy stepfather Chet has turned her late mother's amusement park into the summer's best adult-themed tourist attraction, the Big Wet Water Park. 
In other words, once more, vicious multitudes of voracious, bloodthirsty, prehistoric piranhas find their way into an all-you-can-eat buffet, the raunchy theme park, to feed off the succulent flesh of its unsuspecting visitors. Now it's up to Maddie and the piranha expert, Mr. Goodman, to stop the hordes of agile predators before they stain the waters red. However, there is an escape. However, is there an escape from the razor-sharp teeth of the piranha? Um... Okay, basically, um, the piranha have made it from Lake Victoria in the first film to the big wet water cart. Now, uh, Cross Lake in uh, Merkin County via the sewer pipes and underground rivers um, in between the lakes. Um, it's later revealed that Chet, with the help of Sheriff Kyle, has been secretly pumping water into the park via an underground river. Piranhas have been spawning in underground rivers full of sulfur dioxide. Sulfur dioxide is commonly released in the treatment of chlorinated water, hence attracting the fish to the park. Okay, now that we know that, turn your brain off. Because <laughs> that's it's just gratuitous nudity and blood after that. Um... This was directed by John Gulliger, uh, who, who also did uh, Feast, correct? Yeah, yep. all three Feast movies, I believe. All, all three of them, and uh, you get to see uh, his, his dad, God rest his soul, uh, Clue. And you get to see uh, Gary Busey, you know, who delivers one God of the... God rest his uh, soul. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I God rest like... one of his personalities you maybe lost his soul a long time ago more like yeah, satan rest his yeah. soul god damn holy, his soul <laughs> yeah holy <laughs> flying baby shit um <laughs> the uh and it's just um it's one just crazy joke after the other i mean it's you don't really have to read too much into it it's just piranhas going after people and you know trying to eat eat and kill them and uh there's a uh, there's a B story uh, with uh, Barry being in love with Maddie who works who works there and you know I guess you kind of got to have that um, lots of lots of crazy crazy stuff you've got a vagina swimming through a woman's stomach to go out her birth canal and bite a guy's <laughs> dick who eventually cuts his dick off um, yeah. Uh, this is, I, I feel like, uh, and I was talking to the guys earlier, this is, uh, uh, this was the, the original Piranha, uh, re I guess remake, was my first show. I don't know what show that is, but it was a, it was a commentary, and uh, that's, what, that's what got me this gig, and they've been regretting <laughs> it ever since. <laughs> um, so I figured this is, this is was given to me because, you know, A, uh, Gary Busey's in it, and yeah. I was pretty much imitating Ving Rhames, you know, the the first whole time I was uh, watching Piranha. Oh, I ain't, right. afraid, of, right. I ain't afraid of no punk-ass water. <laughs> you got some man at the don't listen, don't listen to my pussy-ass mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, he he makes it he he makes it back and you know he's got shotgun legs you know you know which you is a, tip, a tip of the cap to Planet Terror and such but uh, yeah just lots of uh, lots of naked people and uh, of course David David Kochner coach I hope I'm Kochner Kochner is that how you say? okay my, my mistake um, he is. 
always yeah. funny in anything always. that you watch him Love in. Him always. You could I could watch any movie yep. exactly. Um, you know, just it's just absurd. All this, you know, there's piranhas swimming up people's asses, and they got to take them out. And um, and by the way, you know, when he throws the joint down there and blows him up, um, chlorine is not flammable. By the way, <laughs> wait, what? Um, and it doesn't come in liquid form; it comes in pellets. Uh, and I know this because you know uh, I used to have to ma- help maintain a pool. Uh, pool boy Andy. That's right. I was a, I was a, I was a little cabana boy, um, but uh, you know you, it's good to see Christopher Lloyd and just all these. And I'm David looking, Hasselhoff. I'm looking, oh my god! Exactly, exactly. Making the, the same fucking joke the whole movie. But yeah, I love yeah. that he was like an asshole to like everybody. Like yeah. that was a fun running joke. Yeah, and the little ginger moron that he saves is is nice. And, <laughs> By the way, uh, I was just looking at the cast here. The little ginger uh, moron's mother, who gets his head bit off, um, is Sylvia Jeffries, who plays the stripper in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And she was also in Three from Hell. So, you know. So she's got she's, a great resume. Right? <laughs> uh, I recognized her, you know. I've, yeah, I've recognized her too, really well, because mainly because she's naked in both of those movies too. She actually has more clothes on in this movie. Go figure. Um, we got Katrina Bowden, mm. yeah, from Tucker yep. and Dale. I'll watch anything she's in. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this was this this movie was kind of at the the boom of of course you know it's it's three double D you know it's just it kind of three D kind of tends to fade out like every twenty years and then come back is what is what it seems like but um, it's the obvious sequel title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. genius. Oh yeah, um, it it's this this movie is it's kind of like uh, it's it's definitely got a bigger budget than Pool Party Massacre, but it's a it's it's of the it's of the yeah. same spirit. If you ask me, I mean, it's just it's just have fun, you know. Don't yeah, it'd be a good double feature together. Yeah, just just have fun, yeah, guys. I love this movie. I do. This is what I wish Troma would be. You know, this is, feels like this is a trauma movie with a better budget and better cast. I'm sure trauma wishes this is what trauma. <laughs> <laughs> this is what trauma. This is what this is what Lloyd Kaufman sees in the mirror when he looks. He's like, this is what this is what the kind of movie we make. But see, that's the thing. Like the the humor in this is very trauma esque humor, yeah. but done well. You know, <laughs> um, you know, and. I like John Gulliger as a director. Uh, I like this is my favorite out of the movies he's done because, yeah. you know, I, I like the first feast. I need to go back and rewatch the second two. Um, but well, yeah, these are even written by Patrick Melton, uh, or this is written by Patrick Melton and Marcus uh, Dunstan and Joel oh. Soisson. So okay, they're they're all involved too. Sweet, um, but why I like I think I like this one more than the uh, than the Feast films is that uh, this is not as mean spirited as I feel yeah. the Feast films. Like the Feast right. films really come off mean spirited at times, and I feel like that hurts the humor of it. Where this is just just goofy. I mean this this is the best thing uh, David Hasselhoff has ever done, and I love how <laughs> how he can have a sense of humor about himself. But those moments, man. It's like 
it's just to me it's executed perfectly you know you said it's kind of the same joke over and over again this but i don't care because um i love the parody of the jaws push-in shot with david hasselhoff over where over. it had to do it three times before he actually got off his ass and did something <laughs> i thought that was hilarious and then of course you know the slow motion joke where he runs like five feet and then he he's out of breath and then he's out of breath and they're actually using the Baywatch theme when he's running in slow motion, which is great, you know. And yes, and I just love how he's just a, uh, you know, he's just an asshole. And, you know, oh, I the David Hasselhoff stuff was great. Um, my two favorite characters was um, in the film was the reprisal of Paul Shear and Ving Rhymes from the yeah. from the first movie. Two characters that had nothing to do with each other in the first movie, but they're a support group for each other in the second movie. And you know, Ving Rhymes not having any legs, and it's just hilarious to me seeing this big tough guy Ving Rhymes that we've seen him being a badass in all of his other movies, getting terrified as, as a small child about getting pushed into the water to me it just cracks me up and always been a big paul Shear fan uh ever since i first discovered how this get made and i thought their comedic timing between each other was great it was great so you know and just those lingering shots on paul Shear, these of that inspired look on his face watching Vin Vin Graham's shoot shoot <laughs> piranhas with shotgun legs it's just it just was cracking me up there's just so many infinite amount of hilarious jokes in this and and gross humor in this too you know with the the piranhas coming out of the vagina you know the piranha stuck up the butt you know all you know, it's. it's I remember very... when you first saw this movie, you lost your shit. You like was like, dudes, you have to see the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't think it would hold up. You know, I think yeah, that, you know, but it, to me, it still does. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long now. It was definitely rewatching it with fresh eyes, and it, to me, it still does. I mean, my complaint is the fact that we have this movie here with no story, no plot, and no character development. That it still takes way too long to get to the. Out of an hour and 20-minute movie, I feel like it takes way too long to get to the, the meat and potatoes because I was watching it. It was like almost an hour out of an hour and 20-minute movie before the big piranha mayhem at the at the pool. Um, but, you know, that's to me, that's it's just minor, you know. It's still good all the way around. And I appreciate even more now that I recognize more of the cast. Um, uh, the lead in it is Danielle... Uh, uh, Panna Baker, who was on the Flash TV show, a regular on the Flash show, so it was awesome. Friday the Thirteenth remake. Yeah, yeah, and she was in that, but um, was really excited to see her in this because I was a big Flash fan, and I'm a big Sky High fan. So, oh, that's yeah. right, she's in that too. Damn, yeah, she's no, in a lot of great Sky stuff. Yeah. Matt Bush, who plays the the guy that crushes on her through the whole movie, um, gets the girl. Yeah, he. He's a recurring character on the Goldberg, so you know it's cool seeing yeah. him. You know, and yeah, Katrina Bo uh, Bowden from Tucker and Dale. You know, she's awesome and very great nice cast. to look at. Yeah, great cast for a movie of what it is. You got you know Christopher Chris Lloyd coming back. Yeah. His scene is great. Um, I think diarrhea, baby. He's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah, getting Gary Busey in there, that had to have been a fun day of shooting. Um, <laughs> and Clue in there. Of course, you know, but 
expecting. He to probably see a clue. did bite the head off of a real fish too. I think very possible. I think clue. Yeah, I think clue was was literally been in everything that his mm-hmm. son has done. You know, which is cool. I would hope so, man. If I'm if I have that oh, yeah. as my dad, he's going to be in everything I make. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I can gush probably all day about it. You know, it's you know, is it uh, you know, is it a, an amazing movie? No, but it's dumb, gross fun, and I love it for that. So it's, it's a blast, it's a, man. Yeah, that's I took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's I, I think it's total fun. It's yeah. You did just, you all see you this know. in theaters? No, I wish. I did not, no. Yeah, this is my first time watch because, you know, when Mike goes off on a movie <laughs> called Piranha 3 Double D, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> so I also thought that this might have been a punishment or something he was giving me. But Had you seen the first one? Yeah, I've seen the first one. It's good. I okay. liked it a lot. You watched it on the podcast, dude. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, but I'm just like. I've seen it 3D what? and liked it enough. Well, you know, and obviously the first one's silly too, but sure. this I feel like goes, no pun intended, way more off the deep end on I, that I think angle. The pun was intended, <laughs> but I gotta say, you know, watching it for the first time, I'm fucking pissed. Uh oh, that I liked it that much. <laughs> it was so fun. God damn it, I was pissed. I mean, yeah, Hasselhoff was fucking great. Yeah. I mean, god damn it, he was. Pretty good. Yes. Everything else you said, seeing all the guys, the great cast, stupid gore. You just, it was so fun that you didn't care about the CGI piranha and they weren't even that bad. And it was fine. I was, yeah, I'm pissed. We need we need shout we need shout factory to release this on Blu-ray with a uh, forty-five vinyl of Love Hunter by uh, <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Oh God, no. Ugh. Yeah, man, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, good time. So yeah, so that's Piranha <laughs> Three Double D again, unanimous. Oh. Little misleading because it's a second movie. You know, I know 3D, but I mean, people could read it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful when trying to trying to find those movies because you know, I mean, I guess we're living in a day and age where movie title movie title sequels are getting more and more confusing. You know, you got Predator, you got Predators, you got The Predator. You know, which scream is and scream and Halloween and Halloween. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Well, Halloween, Halloween, and, and Halloween. Halloween. There's three of them that are just called <laughs> Halloween. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say in any in this day and age, you got to explain everything. You know, they get they put warnings on batteries for people not to drink the fucking acid out of them. Okay, so <laughs> that's true. Okay, so yeah, so Piranha Three Double D, check it out. Oh, but guess what? Surprise <gasps> bonus. As we're not done talking about movies. We got one more, and I'm going to talk about it. It's called Shark Pool. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> I'll give the synopsis. We don't have a trailer for it because the it whole is thing a, is a trailer. A trailer. <laughs> Kara Thompson throws the party of the year at her house. However, the bash is ruined when a shark turns up in the pool. So I normally try. I, I'll. I. I don't. I try not to. When I do a description, not just go straight from IMDb or whatever. But this time I did, 
because I think it's hilarious that there's more going on in this description than in the whole the whole fake trailer. Because at no point does it ever mention that this pool is at a Kara Thompson's house. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But yeah, this is a fake uh, fake trailer short film. Easily you can find it on you. Well, I wouldn't say easily because there's. Make sure you type in shark pool, not pool shark. Different things. Different things. But uh, um, it's so damn funny. This has got to be one of my, or in my top ten of all time favorite comedy horror shorts. Right up there mm -hmm. with Treevenge for me. Mm -hmm. And we, I saw this way, way, way back in the day. Oh, I forgot to write down the year. Crap, I don't know remember what year this one is, but it's... We saw it right when it came out. Yeah. I remember that. It's been a while because I remember... I didn't, wasn't sure if I should share this story, but I remember we <laughs> were at a convention with Justin, uh, and he had a table there, and we were there that weekend to help him. And we were next to an actress, uh, a, a, an actress, a self-proclaimed actress model who uh, was kind of rude. 2011. Um, and she had a list on her table of the movie she's in, and this was listed there. And I'm trying to talk to her about it, and she's just giving, giving me nothing. And, I, you know, just to, through the conversation, I'm like, I, I'm going to guess this whole resume is freaking fake. <laughs> Unless there was some other movie she was in called Shark Pool. She had no idea what I was talking about. But I was so excited when I saw it on our list, I wanted to talk to her about it because I love... Love, love, love this uh, this fake trailer so much. It's so funny. I think the 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 more proper title should be called "The Quest for Common Sense," because <laughs> 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 it's just like the guy, the only guy that's got a brain in his head, is just like don't go in the pool. Well, that's what's great about it. Like this is. Like the ultimate shark movie because it does the one thing that you want to say to everybody in every shark movie. Just don't go in the water. <laughs> Movie's over. Especially in this case, it's even more ridiculous because it's yeah. a swimming pool. <laughs> it's a swimming pool. <laughs> None of this is even possible. Why are... oh, it's so funny. Have you guys seen the uh, big shark trailer from Tommy Wiseau? No. Oh, God, no. Uh-uh. I'll have to send that in the chat, but that's uh, another one that's just a trailer, and it's a Tommy Wiseau shark movie. Yeah, I, I mean that's good. That's all I have to say is those <laughs> four is. four words, and you guys are interested. So I, I am. I want to see this bad. Oh hi, shark! <laughs> <laughs> oh my, shark! You're tearing me apart. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line in this is, uh, what are you, a Marines biologist? <laughs> great line. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's great. You know, and you just have this guy throughout the entire trailer. Everybody's like freaking out, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the guy's just off to the side through the whole nothing. thing. Just like, yeah, nothing. Just don't go in the pool. <laughs> but it's so hot out. <laughs> he's right. Damn it, he's right. Uh, this is directed by a guy named Tony Yakenda, I think. Nailed it. Yes. Um, I want to see more of his stuff because when I looked <laughs> him up, I'm like, oh, everything I do know him from, I love. And it's definitely in the same vein. Uh, he did that American Vandal uh, 
fake documentary series on Netflix, which is hilarious. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 He did that. Um, he did some college, he did a lot of stuff for college humor and he directed a few episodes of that show. Dave, I think one of you guys were talking about, I saw I talked. Yeah, yeah. I love Dave too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's all that pretty ridiculous humor. Yeah, cool. Anybody else have anything they want to say? There's not a ton to say because it's yeah, pretty short. Uh, it's awesome. Watch it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's worth a watch if you want to chuckle during the day. Yeah. I wanted to throw it in there real quick just because uh, the minute this topic was brought up, it's the first thing that popped oh, yeah. into my head. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So... Attention, swimmers! Everybody out! Everybody out! The pool is closing, but don't worry. There's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, it'll be segments time here on the show. First, though, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network we call the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. At the PFPN, we have over 30 shows on the network, including Call in Mockery, Landed and Joey. Off of the hit podcast, Lunch Break, are back with Colin Mockery, based on their popular TV show of the same name. Here's the catch. You get to be part of the show whenever you want. If you call 319-DUB-MIT, that's 319-382-6448, and you leave a message on their 24-7 call-in line, They'll play your message on the air, which dictates where the show will go. <laughs> Does it ever. Fans of other shows on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network will come in for, the, for inevitable movie discussions, but stay for the fact that you will never truly know where the conversations will end up. With celebrity cameos, improv, songs, the longest promo I've ever had to read on this show, and so much more. The guys will show that they'll do anything to make you laugh. Now, one important note from the hosts, as per the show's name, if you call them, they will, they will mock you. If you don't call, they decide where the episode goes. It's a real lose-lose situation, (laughs) no matter what. So you can listen to Call In Mockery and all the other shows... At thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back. It is segments time here on the show. And we want to hear from you guys. So here's Jason with shoutouts. It's time for shoutouts. All right, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies involving a swimming pool? And these are your answers. Up first, we got 
Tim Lederer. He says the all-timer has to be the walk-the-plank sequence in Alligator. I'm amazed that the TV print I saw had it uncut. It's so awesome. There's so much blood. Uh, second place to the vampire attack on several bullies filmed from the POV of their victim, Let Me In. The audience knows exactly what's happening, even if all we see are moving limbs and thrashing water above the sight line of the shot. And bronze goes to Poltergeist. Uh, the mom trying to claw her way out of oh, a corpse-filled yeah. muddy hole that's yeah. going to be a pool in the future and falling back among the bodies looked like a waking nightmare. Oh, man, it is. Uh-huh. Up next, we got our pal Trevor Swaim. He oh, says, nice. the swimming pool scene in Let the Right One In is easily fave. Eli is awesome. Agreed, Trevor. And uh, next we have Nick Leadham. He says, Robocroc and <laughs> Aqua Slash. <laughs> I don't know what those words mean, you guys. No. Well, we need to find out. Nick, explain yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, over on our Facebook group, uh, we got the Insufferable Podcast. I'm going to hit follow right now. Okay. And they say, Poltergeist. Good answer, the Insufferable Podcast. And speaking of podcasts, I think it's all who answered in this one. Uh, we got My Bleeding Ears podcast on the PFPN. He said, I would say either Let the Right One In and House from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little kid disappears in the pool. Yeah. Over on Twitter, we have Camila at the underscore Rugged Angel. You remember Camila? She was on the show once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, The Stepfather remake is good. Oh, oh and the strangers pray at night. There you go. I love the sound design during the pool scene. No shit, man. That mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but that scene itself is oh, probably the highlight. It's badass that scene. Yeah. Oh. And then over on Instagram, uh this uh might come to a shock to you guys, but it's um from Unsung Horrors. And the comment is, the kid getting eaten in alligator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised at all. Of course. Thank you all for your comments. Um, uh, What's that? Oh, is that the voicemail machine? I think the light's blinking. We better hit play. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian here. Sounds like this week we're taking a deep dive into swimming pool horror. And the only movie I could find about swimming pools was called The Pool. I believe it's a Korean movie about a guy cleaning out a pool. He survives all year, all summer, in the pool, swimming in the pool. And then when it's time to clean the pool, the pool gets him. Or the alligator gets him. (laughs) Something gets him. I can't even remember if he lived. I think the most memorable part of the movie was (laughs) the dog. Did you see the movie? That's what most people remember. So... If you survive summer and the pool didn't hit you, there's still time. Watch out. Be careful. And take care. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brian Godzilla. And Woo. thanks to everyone who left awesome shout-outs today. Remember that you can also be like Brian and leave us a voicemail. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. And that is shout-outs. But before we go on to 
to the end of the show. One quick little segment first. Kind of quick. What's that? Yeah, quick. No, I don't mean it can be as long as you want it, buddy. Uh, it's time for a Saints ready. Picks. Welcome to part two of inducting Edward D. Wood Jr. into the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. When we last left off, Ed was finally entering into the world of sci-fi horror, the genres that he loved ever so much that when he was a kid. Uh, we last talked about Bride of the Monster, and after that he went straight back to the typewriter. In 1956, Wood wrote the screenplay for the film The Violent Years, originally titled Teenage Girl Gang, which was directed by William N. Moore M. Morgan. Uh, Wood then began filming a juvenile delinquent film called Rock and Roll Hell, also known as Hellborn, in 1956. But producer George Weiss pulled the plug on the project after only 10 minutes of footage had been completed. Conrad Brooks pur purchased the footage, and some scenes were later incorporated as stock footage into Wood's later Night of the Ghouls in 1959. The entire 10 minutes of footage was later released complete on VHS in 90, 1993 as Hellborn. Despite these projects trying to cash in on the juvenile delinquency fear of the time, he would quickly return to horror and sci-fi with the film he would be the most well-known for, that is right, the 1957 classic Plan 9 from Outer Space. Wood co-produced, wrote, and directed the science fiction opus. Uh, the original screenplay Wood wrote was entitled Grave Robbers from Outer Space. The film features Bella Lugosi, but sadly in, 19, in August of 1956, before the produ production even began, Lugosi passed away. Wood shot some footage of Bella for a completely different project that never got off the ground in 1955, and he just, you know, used that footage to include Bella into Plan 9 from Outer Space as Bella Lugosi's final film role. For the rest of the scenes that uh, he needed Bella for, uh, Wood would uh, have his wife's chiropractor, Tom Mason, as a body double and would just cover his face with a cape and would look just like Bella, even though he was a whole foot taller than Bella. Plan 9 from Outer Space also starred Tor Johnson, Vampira, the amazing Criswell as the film narrator. Uh, Plan 9 premiered March 15th, 1957, um, and later went into general release in July of 1959, which is when it was retitled Plan 9 from Outer Space. In 1957, Wood wrote and directed a pilot for a suspense horror TV series to be called Portraits in Terror that ultimately failed to sell. Uh, the the pilot entitled Final Curtain uh, sees an old actor wandering in an empty theater, imagining ghosts and living mannequins haunting the backstage area until he realizes that he himself is dead. Parts of the unsold plot were later recycled for use in Wood's Night of the Ghouls, um, and the episode was thought to be lost until a complete print was located in 2010. It was remastered and giving its first ever cinematic showing 
in a theater in February of 2012. Seeking, uh, seeking of content that, speaking of content that was never ever released until years later, in 1958, Ed Wood, his next film would be Night of the Ghouls. The film featured Criswell, Duke Moore, and Tor Johnson reprising his role as Lobo from Bride of the Monster. For many years, it was thought to be a lost film. Uh, distribution was held up for 25 years because Ed Wood did not pay the lab bill. Video producer Wade Williams paid the bill and released the film on video cassette in 1984. Interesting fact about uh, Night of the Ghouls is that it is basically one of the um, earliest connected universes. Uh, Kelton the Cop uh, appears in all three of the films, Bride of the Monster, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and Night of the Ghouls. And the fact that Tor Johnson comes back as Lobo uh, from Bride of the Monster makes you know a great connection of all three films, even though Tor Johnson plays a completely different character in Plan 9 from Outer Space. In 1958, Wood also wrote a, the screenplay for Bride of the Beast, uh, which was directed by Adrian Weiss. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for a 1959 nudie cutie film called Revenge of the Virgins, which was directed by Peter Perry Jr. In 1960, Wood wrote and directed the exploitation film The Sinister Urge. Filmed in just five days, this was the last mainstream film that Ed Wood ever directed. From the 1960s all the way to the end, Ed Wood would continue to fall and deeper and deeper due to his alcoholism um, and ended up reduced to making softcore pornos and writing trash, trash novels until even that work would end up drying up. But that is a story for another day, when we will do part three next time, inducting Edward D. Wood Jr. into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the climax of the... How many part series is Edward? Three. <laughs> Just three. three. Okay. Just cover, we're going to cover oh, his yeah. work, uh, his porno work in the 60s and 70s, and some of his trash novels. And uh, up to his, his death, I think, in 77, I believe. So, yeah. Awesome. And so it's probably going to be shorter, the next one, because there's right. not a ton to talk about. But I wanted to save the darker times for the for the end on its own. So, sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that wraps up another episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. I think this one made quite a splash. Oh, jeez. Thanks for listening. And I'll share the final words of my grandfather, who died in a swimming pool. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? <laughs> what? Attack of the killer.